0: Welcome on into the 2-3 podcast. I'm Cam. That is Zach. Episode 7 of Season 2. We love the walk-ons edition.
1: We finally get to see the walk-ons. We
0: were wondering this
1: entire season so far if we were ever going to get to see the appearance of the walk-ons.
0: And last night against Oakland, we finally saw it, Cam. Oh, it was beautiful. It was nice to see everybody out there having a good old time. Um, seemed like pretty much everybody on the bench got some minutes. And they rightly really should. This was a blowout win. Zach, we didn't hit that 100 piece like you wanted. It was only 95 to 66. You must be heated about that.
1: Yeah, this is uh, going to be a short episode. Thanks for watching, everyone. And
0: we'll talk to you next time. <laughs> All right, see you. No, nah, we're just kidding. We're just kidding with you. We can't have that smooth of a of a conclusion to an episode, but it was a really good game from a lot of people. There really weren't too many negatives to take away from this game. Overall, we kind of knew that this was going to be a bit of a blowout win, but even so, Zach, it's nice that this was not a trap game and you know, we're, we're starting off this, this home stretch with a, with a good dub.
1: Yeah, it's a fantastic dub. And I think arguably this is the first time where our expectations going into the game. Were truly met like we go in like our last episode we were like let's go for 100 that's something I actually believed we actually believed we could do obviously we fall we fall five short from the 100 mark but regardless like we're still hitting the expectation so it feels good that this is a this blowout win is what we expected to see and then that's actually
0: what we saw which I think is like maybe one of the first times where that expectation was truly met. It is always nice when you have a game that you can kind of watch back, you know, watch it, relax. It was a little bit closer around like the twenty point mark. It was basically a one point game, and then I think it was JG three hit a nice shot, and then it was just kind of blown open at that point. And you knew that you know they were not coming back at all, and they you could tell that they were pretty weak defensively. They didn't have any big men. They could not stop Jesse, and he could not miss. He had a great game, and we kind of knew, Zach, going into it, that he was going to have a good game, but he capitalized on the moment.
1: Yeah, and obviously we can't, we can't keep talking about Jesse. He is fantastic. He is doing everything and more for this Orange team, and he was fantastic as always, as promised, and it was just another great outing for Jesse, and you just love to see it.
0: Yeah, you really do. It looked like he was almost not even trying with the with the height that he had. He had seven rebounds, eighteen points. The other person with eighteen points that was JG three. Is our boy finally back, Zach? Do you feel like he's finally like comfortable out there? I would say so. I mean, the second game, he's building off that
1: Notre Dame breakout game for him after that slump, and he's he's riding that wave and he's he's playing like the JG three we know.
0: Yeah, it was nice to see him like shooting out there. Nice to see him be comfortable. He was 7 for 10 from the field. He had 6 assists. He was playing really well. He was hitting his spots. He was hitting his marks. And when we went into the beginning of the year, we kind of knew that JG3 was going to have that you know luxury of just being able to go hit his shots, don't worry about anything. But it really shows that, and this is obviously Oakland is a completely different beast than like Illinois, but it shows that, when JG three is clicking, it's clear that the offense is clicking too. It almost seems like the offense kind of lives and breathes and dies by him. Zach, like he is vital to the success of this team.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it comes from his his, his presence from from beyond the, th- the three point arc. And when we don't have when we don't have JG three, you know, p- making threes, we fall into you know no outside pressure like no one's worried about any other shooter really we do have some talent out there but like nothing like jg3 so when jg3 is not firing our team doesn't really know what to do and i think he's a huge pivotal piece of our team
0: obviously and when he's playing well our team plays well too and jim has mentioned in the pressers that you know we are not a good shooting team obviously last year was a great shooting team this year we're a little bit more We're trying to find success in other areas, and this is definitely a growing element and something that is the biggest growing element for our team is the forward position. That is definitely the meat and potatoes of this episode and what we really want to talk about. And that is the rotation of now five forwards, Malik Brown, Benny, Justin Taylor, Chris Bell, and John, Bol, Ajak. We need to start with Malik Brown, Zach. This was arguably his best game in an orange uniform, 12 points in 16 minutes, and seven rebounds as like a nice little cherry on top. Yeah, Malik looked great. He looked like Mr.
1: Fundamentals that we saw in preseason and early on in the first few games. And it, a lot of fans, you know, have been questioning, where is Malik Brown? Where is Malik Brown? I mean, Jim, Jim did mention in his presser that Malik has been playing well in practice, so he was playing on giving him some more run. And he did the best with his time out there. And I'll be curious to see kind of where this forward rotation is, rotates and changes
0: with this performance from Malik I'm assuming that in the next couple of games we're going to get five forwards we're going to see a forward lineup out there we kind of saw that in the in this Oakland game but we're going to be testing out basically everybody and see you know who is going to stick and who is going to be the starter Uh, during the Oakland game it was Benny and Chris as usual but the assumption is that that's probably going to get shaken up. It seemed like Benny did pretty well. He had 9 points, 6 assists, 6 rebounds. And one question that Jim has had in the pressers, it's not really a question, it's more of a criticism of, of Benny, is that he's been you know, questioning his energy. And I feel like against Oakland, it was, it was up there. It was pretty positive, but we're not seeing that consistency from him. And I feel like that's what's probably pissing Jim off the most. Yeah,
1: sometimes... From perception, it looks like things are a little off, but it's hard to really say. I mean, I do think Benny did have a good game. I mean, I guess you could argue he could have done more, especially with his minutes played. But all around good stuff, and there's, there's times he, he was playing really well. So, you know, luckily he did what we needed to win this game, which was not very much considering everyone was scoring, everyone was playing. So, you know, we don't need like a super impressive stat line from every person on the team when we're up by, you know, 20, 30 points. So it's kind of just the game parameters. And like, obviously, you know, you read a stat line, it doesn't like scream out at you, but it, it's, it's, it's a good,
0: it's, it's a good stat line. And I think he played well overall. Do you think with Benny, we're seeing something like we saw with Jesse, where he doesn't really know how to control his body. And when he uses his athleticism in a way that is beneficial for the team It seems like we're getting a more mature Benny and we're seeing glimpses of what can be kind of like what we saw with Jesse a couple years ago. But right now I feel like we're still in that growing phase that Jesse was in where he was still getting used to himself. He was still not controlling it in a way that was very beneficial. And I feel like we're seeing that with Benny now.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I think he's definitely still in a development stage. He's still kind of figuring things out and just like Jesse and, I mean, now we're now we're seeing what happens when you push through that because Jesse is flourishing and he he's is riding high and he's he's a, he's a force to be reckoned with. So it's I think that's exciting for anyone you know watching Benny and obviously he's like one of the fan favorites of people cheering for him. So it's exciting for for Benny. I think you know next year it could be a huge year and and to even scroll to this year. I think
0: this year he could build into a great player as well. I want you to kind of break down Benny's game plan a little bit because it seems like we get a little different version of him like every game. You know, if he does something well athletically, he's, you know, maybe his shooting is lacking, but we see him, you know, having a great shot one game and then he's maybe not being so athletic the next. What kind of player do you really see Benny as? Do you see him benefiting the most from his athleticism or do you see him being more of a, like a, I guess a shooting forward kind of like what uh Jimmy was when he was here.
1: I see him being more of like a gritty guy using athleticism getting in the paint, you know, maybe maybe doing some stuff in the elbow. I really while he has made some threes this year and you know has made some shots, I do think overall, you know, I'd love love to see that closer, you know, within the paint or just, you know, on the rim, you know, just slamming things in and using his size and athleticism to his advantage. That's kind of see what I see from him. And I th- and I think when he's been most successful is when he's being super aggressive and, you know, going after loose balls and just being – and just using, you know, that, that athleticism to his advantage. I think, you know, like there are times where he could take a shot and, you know, maybe he could, you know, get a three-point stroke going on here. But
0: overall, I don't think at this current point in time, that's his game. It seems like he's at his – you know, the correct spots to be at when it comes to rebounding, but it seems like he's not really using his body enough. He's not getting in the way of the rebound and really fighting for it. Like he should be. I think that's probably what's, you know, making Jim so upset is that he's in the right spots. It's just like, he's not putting his energy to good use, or at least he's not doing that on a consistent basis. And, you know, we're not seeing that with really any forward. You can say that the best rebounder obviously is Jesse, but like after that, I don't even know who our best rebounder is after that. That's
1: a great question. I I don't know who that would be. I mean, it seems like
0: it would should be one of our forwards, but that might not be the case, honestly. I would say probably, Benny, but you know, you're not getting it from anybody else. You're not getting it from Justin Taylor. You're certainly not getting it from Chris. You're getting it kind of from John Bull, and I think that we can talk about him in a little bit, but you're really not getting it from anybody else. I mean, we can move on to Justin Taylor. He was he was fine. He had five points. He had four rebounds. He had like 25 minutes of gameplay, though. He's just not there yet. Like, none of the other forwards are really there. They're not putting together a complete performance. And I feel like at first, I didn't really understand what Jim was talking about when it came to... Um, you know, not having enough forward uh, aggressiveness. But now I'm seeing it like it's clear as day where we're not getting the production out of our forwards like we should be.
1: Yeah, I mean, Justin, like you said, played fine. I mean, I just think he's not taking enough looks. He took three shots, two threes. I mean, he made, he's two for three from the field and one for two from the three, which obviously is, you know, great percentages. But ultimately, you love to see him take a bit more shots, especially in a game that is so open like this. It's like, you know, we don't need to like, you know, blow off the dome of the, the dome necessarily, but you can take more than three shots, you'd think. So I don't know, th- this forward problem is becoming a very interesting topic and interesting thing to think about. And, you know, obviously Jim's kind of trying to see what he can get from these guys with, you know, this four four guy rotation we're seeing now. So it's an interesting ride. I mean, everyone has like their own little quirk that they bring to the four position. So like in a way, like, all of them combined would be like the, the best four in the world. Um, but I don't know. It's it's very interesting. I mean, I, I do think after if we isolate against Oakland, Malik definitely looked the best in the four
0: position, but that's only one night. I would say that one of the uh, next best, you know, if, if you, if you have to put it up with like efficiency, it was John bull. I mean, he had six rebounds in eight minutes He's always been a very efficient player and sometimes he doesn't pop out to you on the stat line but he certainly gets the job done when he's out there. He's kind of like Malik Brown where but he's, you know, more entertaining when he's out there where he actually he's he's he gets the job done. He's not terribly flashy. He is very funny to see play, but um you know, he could do you think he could potentially be a dark horse candidate for the starting role? I think so. I mean, John Bull keeps answering the question on why he's
1: in the game. You know, he's getting he's getting boards. He's he's in good defensive rotations. He he's proving that he should be in the game, and and he's he's answering the question on for anyone who's asking why he's in the game. Look at his stats. line. Obviously, like you know, not not every stat is accounted for, but he's proving why he's in the game, and I think you know he, he could be a little bit of a dark horse candidate for sure
0: defensively too he brings that aspect of the game where he is maybe a little bit better defensively compared to some of the other forwards I think that he uses his height as you know a a pretty decent advantage and um he seems to really understand the defensive game plan going in he he looked a little bit lost last year but he's starting to kind of figure it out a little bit I'm really glad that he stuck around on this team and I I would I would be devastated if he were to kind of move on because he's just so fun to watch out there.
1: Yeah, I mean, not to mention his his off-the-court personality that we, we see in videos and social media. It's just fantastic. He's definitely a fan favorite in, in that aspect. And he's becoming a, a great, you know, backup forward option. And it's really cool to, to see a guy like that get minutes because you cheer for him off the court and to now see him getting some minutes on the court and, you know, contributing to this team with – with minutes and positive things is just really
0: cool. We need to talk about the last forward out there. And of course he was a starter. That was Chris Bell. And he was basically not really a a factor. He had seven points. He had one rebound and 12 minutes of gameplay. Let's start with the good. He had a poster that was pretty nice. It was not as good as Judah's, but it was certainly very nice. And I thought it was going to lead to a bigger game from Chris. Unfortunately it did not. This whole thing, Zach, is screaming Alan Griffin vibes where he's getting the start, but he's not really getting much gameplay. And it, it, it's it got to be a matter of time before he's he's taken out of the starting role. And I feel like with these next couple of games, maybe J- Jim will kind of experiment a little bit with the starting positions, but it's got to be a matter of time before he's out. Yeah, we keep saying that and
1: everyone within the fandom keeps saying that. So it really does seem like this this clock keeps ticking louder and louder, but you know, obviously Jim Beheim will do whatever Jim Beheim will do. I don't know. Chris's situation is very interesting, though. It's I don't know because there are, there are glimpses of talent, obviously, but sometimes you just you're just not really sure what's going on there, especially when you know he knows that rebounding is such a huge priority for him, and obviously, like everyone's trying to get rebounds, but I just. I don't know. I just don't understand how like it's in the media. I know the coaching staff is telling him this. I know he knows this within his own mind, and to solely come with one rebound in a game like this. Obviously, you know he's limited with play with only twelve minutes, but he's really got to focus on that. And We've said this, you know, now several times. So I really don't know what what the move is here. He's he's got he's got the athleticism. He's got the size. So I I think Jim is confused too. He's like I I don't know why why this is happening. So. And neither do
0: I. And like you had mentioned, this was a couple episodes ago where i had asked you what should Chris work on? Because there were several things that he was doing wrong. And that was kind of around the time when Jim was started to get aggravated with him. And you had told me, well, you had told him, but you know, through me um, just to like focus on one thing. And, It's not going to be shooting because Jim has said several times that he is a good shooter. He came in here. He has a great shot. He's a great player. He's got great athleticism, but the biggest thing is just rebound. So I feel like if you're Chris, do whatever you can to rebound. Don't even worry about being an offensive player at all. Just worry about your defense. Worry about getting to your correct spots in the zone. And then rebound. That's all you have to do. Crash the boards, constantly do that. And once you get the rebounding down, then you can get back into your shot, which you know you have. But for right now, like, don't even focus on being offensive just because that's not going to help anything. So just rebound. That's all you got to do. Like, I get why Jim is so frustrated with him. And like you said, I don't even know how to fix it. You don't know how to fix it. And Jim doesn't even know how to fix it.
1: Yeah. And as much as I love, love the poster dunk, I would have much rather seen, you know, eight, eight, nine rebounds in a stat sheet rather than just the one and, and no poster dunk. I would have much rather have seen that. Obviously the poster was nice for razzle dazzle, the nice highlight reel you see on, you know, social media and whatnot. But other, other than that, it doesn't have too much merit and something's got to get fixed here. And hopefully Chris is able to do it. If not, Like we said last episode, there are now several guys knocking on his door.
0: So So real quick, after what you've seen with this rotation, give an update, who do you think should be starting over these these five guys? It changes every game.
1: You know, a game ago it would it seems like it was Justin Taylor. You know, he's had the defined breakout game against Bryant when he had twenty-five, but now you have a really efficient Game from Malik Brown 12 points in 16 minutes with seven rebounds. That's no joke. He's shown some really good, good signs here. And majority of the time, when he gets minutes like that, it seems like he, he's he has really productive stat lines. So that's really promising. I don't know. It's super tough. I, I don't, I don't really, I mean, in a way, it's easy just so there's no drama about changing the starting lineup, you know. Which is what's happening. Just to kind of do what Jim's been doing and start Chris, but the second he makes a mistake, put a sub in, and and he doesn't even play the majority of minutes. So in a way, it is working. I get that we probably should have a more solidified four there, but until someone like it is jumping off the bench, you literally cannot. There's no good reason to not start them. It's kind of it's kind of a, kind of a toss up right now.
0: I feel like Benny is probably the only lock right now, just because he, you know, he's a sophomore and he has been around a little bit longer. And I guess he's, you know, overall been doing probably the best, but I agree with you. Like it, my original thought was Justin Taylor. And now I'm questioning that. I don't know if it should be Malik Brown. I don't know if it should be John Bowl or, you know, who, who it should be. So definitely a change will be coming soon. Question mark. I mean, knowing Jim, it could just never come and we'll just be talking about this until the ACC tournament. So, um, you know, we'll we'll see, I guess. But in the meantime, you know, it's going to be an interesting carousel and see, you know, who's going to be getting the most minutes and who's going to be getting the most play time when it really comes down to, you know, final shot. You got two, you know, this is a two point ball game against Duke and, you know, who's going to who's going to be in there at that point. Do want to give a couple more shout outs. Cy Boogie got some minutes. Finally, he had 12 points, 12 minutes. He had some threes. He was playing great. And, you know, after the after the game, the Cuse Media was giving him some love, too. It was nice to uh, see Cy Boogie back out there.
1: So great to see Cy get some good minutes and play well. Always love to see Cy, you know, do do his thing and go out there and ball. Yeah, I mean Sai si, si, he has got it in him, and you know there's there's gonna be games where, where he comes in and he's able to show off what he's got, and I, I hope we we when we need him we have him. That's you know kind of like the benefit of having such a veteran guard like Samir on the bench like that. When we need him, we, 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 he's there and he's he's gonna he's gonna come ready and you know he he's working on his shot. He's he's showing that he he's uh can be consistent. I do think overall maybe a little more consistently game to game. For his shot, but it was great. You know,
0: he only missed one three and one field goal, so you take that all day. We like that. We we do like that, and it's nice. You know, when the when the going gets rough, if the momentum is completely off and we are, you know, in shambles, you call on Sai to kind of straighten order, bring order to the starting lineup. I feel like Judah has been earning his play time. He has been great. He has been everything that we have been, you know, promised as fans and more. And, you know, I think that Cy is is doing a great job of, you know, playing the role that he needs to play. I think that maybe in the, you know, in the games where the going was really rough, I feel like he probably should have played a little bit more. But down the line, when it's going to be ACC championship time or we're fighting for a March Madness spot, he's going to be the guy to look for. And even if Judah is playing his, you know, his head off, you still need Sai out there controlling tempo and being the, the general that he is. We, we love Sai Boogie here on the 2-3. We absolutely do. We also got to give a shout out once more to the walk-ons.
1: So good to see the walk-ons get out there and get some minutes in. You know, this is like five minutes for the walk-ons. That's quite the tally for for a walk-on. Usually, you know, it's the last, you know, minute, if that. So it's good to see them out there. You know, we, we saw some Arthur Coors, Nico Ruffin, Anthony Clayton, None of them scored, but it was still awesome to see him out there.
0: Yeah, a lot of a lot of turnovers, but that's okay. You know, Anthony got a steal; that's pretty nice. But out there, you know, it it was cool to see them finally get on. And like you said, we we did not really know when we were if we were ever going to see the walk ons because you've got players like Quadir Copeland who need to get in. You got Manir Hema who needs to get in, and they need to get minutes because. This is such a deep bench. It's so unusual to see this deep of a bench in a Syracuse lineup. I don't remember the last time that we've ever had a bench this deep that has been utilized this much. Maybe we've had this much talent on the bench, but we haven't had it utilized this way. And I think as a fan, there's a lot of questions in your head because you don't really know what the future holds. I mean... Peter Carey didn't even play at all and, you know, he probably should have played, but it's just, there's so much talent on the bench and you don't really know what to expect in the future. But at the same time, you know, you gotta, you gotta be excited for the year to come. So the next matchup coming up is going to be huge. It's going to be against Georgetown. They are five and five on the year. It's going to be a big one. It's going to be on national television. It's going to be right in midday. People are going to be watching, um, there's going to be celebrations to be had uh, in the dome. It's going to be a very, very fun matchup, and um, you can hear all about our Georgetown preview on our next episode, which will be coming out in a little bit on the Georgetown preview. And until then, you will hear from us soon. Let's go, Cuse.